Hey guys, this is Greg with the Grindline Podcast, and I am here to talk to you about DraftKings. With mobile betting now live in Michigan, it has never been easier to get in on the action and make those games mean just a little bit more. All you have to do is set your lineup, sit back, and watch your games. It's that simple. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion, that's billion with a B, to users across all sports. So work on filling that wallet today with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Good evening, gentlemen. Um, the hockey world went crazy in the past couple days, and we've got, I, and it's not all Red Wing stuff, and it's mostly not it's Red Wing better, stuff. Actually, yeah, uh, it's it's good to watch other teams explode for a little bit. But I just want to really quickly get how you guys are doing tonight before we get into it, because uh, from my list, we've got like six things we need to talk about <laughs> in an hour, so we'll fly through some of them. No, I'm not too bad. We got uh, some. Major League Baseball All-Star game is out in the background in 4K, mind you, as we were just talking about, which is fantastic. If they bring yes. that over to the NHL, which who knows if they will because it's a Fox broadcast. But, uh, man, hockey in 4K would be beautiful. I don't, I don't remember how long it took everyone to get uh, to 1080 when 1080 became standards. I'm assuming... It, uh, it's, it, 4K's, 4K's there's still some channels while. that are only 720p well 4k yeah. like quality and 4k tvs yeah. have been out for quite a while so it's about mm, time yeah. people start catching up because the cameras are insanely expensive that's the thing oh yeah if, if that's what it gets to here soon because i mean obviously the only real location that you see a 4k and for these cameras are movies so yeah I think sports is generally the first thing it comes to. I think 1080, the first major thing that was in 1080 was football. So. Yeah. Well, the um, the the Super Bowl. I think it was the Patriots Super Bowl against the the, the last Super Bowl that the Bats won uh, against the Rams was uh, I think the first 4K uh, sporting event in the United States ever. And that was on Fox, too. So Fox has the capabilities of doing it. Major League Baseball did it a couple times, but it wasn't like it, it, it was only if you had like direct TV or whatever and they would do certain like, feeds. Yeah. And in Canada, I believe they do every one of like the TSN games or maybe it's CBC, but I believe they do all their games in 4K. So Look at the it's not it's just not here yet, which is kind of weird. It's like you, you would think that. By now, you like I don't know. It just you just feel like it should be here a lot sooner. Like you're playing video games in 4K, but you can't watch a hockey game. It's in 4K. cameras. The cameras are just so expensive. Rendering on a computer it, it just, doesn't cost about, you nothing. So yeah, think about how many uh, cameras true. they need to have. Yeah. Too. Tyler, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Just doing the same thing. Rides doing watching my five Boston Red Sox in the All Star game. Not a big deal. Um, in the background. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, no, I mean, doing well. There's a, a lot we're going to have to talk about, so I'm not going to be long here. But uh, looking forward to this off season. It looks like it's going to be pretty active and so far has been already. So yeah, hopefully if this is a sign term, for things to come, we'll be good to go here. I think the term you're looking for is shit show. Yeah, it's been complete. I feel like it's been for the past three days complete chaos, and everyone keeps trying to one up the other person's news. So, like tomorrow, some team's gonna fold or relocate or something. That's my expectations. It'd be like, yeah, the Ottawa Senators are, are going to uh, Quebec. to Quebec. Yeah, bye. Would that be some shit? That would be freaking awesome. Oh my god. <laughs> But there'd be a civil war in Canada. We have a lot to talk about, and we're going to start with one that came up today <laughs> that I immediately jumped on because I thought it would be a good opportunity, and then was completely shut down the second I brought it up by by several people, and I was real confused because one of the things the I'm Red upset. Wings, yeah, I'm I'm not upset. I mean, I come to expect it from from some people, so. If you look at uh, on Twitter today, NHL Watcher does a, a really good. It's at NHL underscore Watcher on Twitter. 
does a really good job of relaying news like when it comes out. He does a lot of the Elliot Friedman 31 thoughts, uh, tweets. And today he says Darren Drager on Insider Trading says the Avalanche and Gabriel Landeskog are not even close to an extension. The position of the Colorado Avalanche has to change significantly or else Landeskog will go to market. That I found insanely interesting. And just to add more intrigue into the news of the last few days, which we will continue to cover during the beginning of this podcast before we get to the Tyler Bertuzzi bit at the end. But like Landeskog is 28 years old. He's a UFA this season if he doesn't get extended. He, for the past, let's see, one... I, okay, so 52 points in 52 games this season, 44 and 54 last season, 75 and 73 in 2018-19, 62 points in 78 games in 2017-18. He's a consistent guy. I've had people tell me it's the people he's with that... Uh, is the reason he does so good. I've seen with his play style, he won't, his body won't last two or three more years. People are acting like he's 35. And I think it basically came down to, I had at least five or six people tell me they wouldn't offer Gabriel Landeskog a contract because he's not worth it and doesn't fit the timeline. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on it because I could talk about this for a long time and make myself real angry in the process. I'm going to let you guys make yourselves angry and then I'll finish it out. There's a lot of people that I would have that feeling and sentiment for about he doesn't fit the timeline and there's no no need to go pay a player like that. Then there's Gabriel Landeskog. <laughs> exactly. A player that I would completely say, fuck that theory for. And I would be like, hey, you want to come play on our team? Oh, you want to get paid a lot of money? Well, go- I'll go to here. So let's talk. And then it would be like a giant double middle finger to Joe Sackick with Steve Eisman again coming out on top against the Colorado Avalanche, which <laughs> is what would add the beautiful icing on the cake, on top of the cake there. So I, to me, you look at a player like that, how do you not go for literally a, one of the top players in the NHL to try to bring him to your team if everything falls apart for where he's at? Uh, to me, now there's what, what's the Red Wings cap situation? We've talked about. They've got we have a lot of money. Forty eight million four eight <laughs> one five zero two seven seven per cap friendly. Yep, that's a lot of money. Now, yep. granted, they have ten guys on the roster. They have to fill out this roster and make some signings. Sure. However, you sign a player like Gabriel Landeskog, if he is available. Yes, I get it. He's 28 years old. Cool. Larkin's 26. What's your point? Exactly. Well, people so are already saying him Larkin in. will be too old by the time we're ready to contend to. Okay, well, th- these same people are clamoring about how they want a first overall pick. All right, well, you are getting a basically a first overall pick. However, they're now in the NHL, and we talked about what a, first, a number one pick can do for this team if they would have re- actually received it. They didn't. Now you are, and he's a perennial top player in, in all of hockey. So yeah. what's uh, the problem? Get, these fucking clowns on Twitter. And, <laughs> wow, we're going hard. Going and, hard. and on all these social media fucking platforms. Uh, these headphones got you upset. I like it. You can't, <laughs> you can't make this stuff up with these fucking people. It just, you can say Sidney Crosby's available tomorrow. Oh, no, we don't want him. We, we don't, Connor McDavid's available tomorrow. No, we don't want him. He, he's going to be too old. When a player like Gabriel Landis-Cog becomes available, a player like Seth Jones becomes available, I know a little bit of a different scenario with Seth Jones being a UFA next year, Gabriel Landis-Cog being a UFA this year. Those players become available. You extend yourself, at least, even entertaining the fact of getting those players. Because... Believe it or not, most of the time you draft, you have to draft and develop those players. Guess what? Maybe one of these will fall your way for once and say, hey, look, you know what? He's 28 years old, but he's a meat and potatoes kind of player. He's physical. He's fast. He scores goals, but he's also a good assist player. Yeah, maybe some of it is because he plays for the Avalanche. That that could be possible. But, I mean, even then, do you not want a 50-point guy on your team? 
You don't want another one of those guys? No, no, we we don't need him. Maybe Lucas Raymond becomes that right away. I mean, come on, give me a fucking break with these people. And then the other thing too, what what I would say as well, maybe Gabriel Landeskog does have some sort of allegiance to the Red Wings. I mean, he's a Swedish guy. Uh, a lot of those Ooh, Swedish guys man. looked up the to mafia. Henrik Zetterberg or Lidstrom or. So I mean, th- or Alex Tange. Well, yeah, Alex Tange. Wait, has he coached? No, they they were teammates, no. right? Alex Tange played for the Avalanche in 13, 14, and 14, 15. So they overlapped okay, for two so years. Okay, so they did overlap. Yep. So, I mean, I'm not saying that he's a slam dunk that you're going to get him. But, I mean, there's definitely some stuff on your side. I mean, he's a Swedish guy. The Red Wings obviously have a, a um, history of Swedish guys. And Alex Tange was a former teammate of his. I mean, that's not a bad thing. But then these, like I said, these people that just squelch about everything and it's just like, oh, no, the rebuild has to be done through within. No, it doesn't. You have to get creative with this rebuild. Extending yourself to get a guy like Landis Cog, okay, maybe it doesn't work out. But you have to try to start expediting this rebuild. No, People aren't going to wait around forever for this team to become a good team again i said the same thing i said getting uh, getting landis Cog would speed up your rebuild he would give he would give you another dynamic winger on your team where you lack score you lack offense the red wings lack offense and he would help there now i was told no on that same front that he would actually set the rebuild back um, which doesn't make you're not sense. Giving, you're not giving up anything. To no, give. you wouldn't. Besides money, which we have way more than enough of. But the thing is, is I'm looking right now and Gabriel Landeskog. And if you're not looking at hockey reference for his advanced stats, um, I'm going to have you guess. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog in his career has only had a Corsi for a, a below 52 one time. Guess what his can you guess what his current Corsi percentage is? 59. Tyler? 57. In 2020-21, Gabriel Anasog's Corsi 4 was 69. I'm sorry, what? First, first, nice. But second, (laughs) it was 69. Last season, it was 58-8. The season before, it was 58-1. His Fenwick this season was 68-4. Last season was 59-2. Season before, it was 57-7. He's getting better. What was his again? This it was sixty nine. Sixty nine. But uh, so let's put that into reference. The best Red Wing was Tyler Bertuzzi in at his 55, eight games. And he missed <laughs> the entire almost the entire season. The next best that's so that was Bertuzzi in nine games. The next best was Tara Hirose at fifty point six in six games. The next best, Jesus Christ! All right, let's go. Let's go to Larkin, who actually was alive. Played Heronic. many games. Yes, Aronic was out there for most of this, almost the entire year. Forty-eight point three. Now, getting it. Granted, he's a defenseman, so that's kind of expected. But you look at Larkin; he was a forty-eight-six. I think the thing I'm looking at is Landeskog is good. He's not thirty-eight years old. He's going to be twenty-nine, yeah. I think, in November. That's a good. So thing. yeah, November twenty-third, three days before me. Oh God. I'm going to be 32 in November. He's going okay. to be 29 on November 23rd. I think that's fine. And again, even when he does go slightly downhill, he one, I believe he's still going to be good. And two, he's going to be a vet with playoff experience from a good team and was good for a long time. So I don't, I mean, I get what some people are going to harp on like doesn't fit the rebuild but you still need vets on the team did valtteri Filippola fit the rebuild nope. no no does sam gagne fit the rebuild no does nope. bobby ryan fit the rebuild no and Maybe. and landa skog is is better than all of those people obviously but i i don't i mean i guess i just don't understand why people are so firmly against getting a very good player when you have the money to do it and he could because people available. are always against anything that's good for for speeding things up. Everyone just thinks, oh well, you know, it, it maybe in five years we can be a competitive team again. Well, if you can make it three years or two years by signing a guy like Landis Cog and maybe trading for a guy like Seth Jones and convincing him to stay, I mean, wouldn't you rather be good in two or three years than five or six? Now, see, my argument against it is if we had to trade for him, I would say no. 
But yeah. if right, he becomes right, a free agree. agent, all you're giving up is cap space. So there's n- absolutely zero issue it's there. It's a win. And I don't think if you had to two years down the road, you say, oh, it's not working. You could. Tr- I don't think you'd have any issue trading Landis Scott. As long as he hasn't fallen off and gotten hurt. Exactly. Dealing with like consistent injuries. So, I mean, it's, and again, it just says they're nowhere close. They could come to a deal tomorrow. The Avalanche could wake up and Joe Sackett could wake up and say, I need to sign Landis Gog today. And they could well, go to it. A, it could be a, a complete front by Landis Gog's agent and just trying to push the narrative. Saying, hey, sure. Let's get shit done. There are several things that could happen, but the, the people that say like this one hurts money wise and will already have valuable vets. When the time comes, we can improve the team with cheaper options. Apparently, you can't see the other side of the coin. I'm sure Ken Holland would have offered him eight years, ten million. Well, he can't offer him eight, well, eight years. Jokes on you. So well, I'll tell you one thing right now about the Avalanche situation. They have the Kale McCarr contract that obviously is going to need to get bumped up. I don't think he's a RFA yet, but I mean, still, I mean, you want to get oh, him. You're need to lock him in. Yeah, you want to lock him up kind of like Vancouver wants to with Quinn Hughes as well. And, I mean, then you have the Nathan McKinnon contract, which is going to come up at some point. He's on the cheapest, most value, valued contract in the league right now. And, I mean, eventually that's going to go. Yeah, exactly. And Grubauer is a free agent as well. So, I mean, they have their problems. And, I mean, I don't know why people would be against bringing a guy like Landis Cotton. You can't be against a contract like that. When it, like you no. said, it's not going to cost you anything but cap space, which they have a significant amount on. Okay, y- if your argument's that it's going to block a roster spot, oh. wait the fuck up. Yeah, from, from who? Yeah, like, from, <laughs> he immediately is your num- the best player on your team. I, I just it it hurts my head, and I and we'll go on to this portion of it. So I pulled up Evolving Hockey's uh, cap prediction contract prediction tool. And 45% chance if he signs with a different team on a seven-year, $8.79 million contract. That's I if, it, too, if, like, he was a, if he was to go somewhere, it'd be a seven-year deal. Yeah. So that's like, what, $2 million more than Larkin's making per season? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what that's called? Uh, exactly what Steve Eiserman would want. And I and even if you would, the second highest is an 18% chance at a five-year contract. Okay. So if Steve goes and offers him five years at nine million, why wouldn't you do that? I don't understand why you wouldn't just say, "Yeah, go ahead. We've got more. We don't have any players over seven million a season." Because guess what? He's not Franz Nielsen. He's I, not, and that's what people are treating him like. If you say like, "Oh, well, this isn't a Ken Steven Holland Weiss. deal," well, he's not. Yeah, exactly. He's not Stephen Weiss. He's not Franz Nielsen. This wouldn't be nowhere near a Ken Holland deal. A Ken Holland would deal would be signing Landeskog for seven years when he's thirty-two. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's gonna be twenty-nine. I just it hurts my head, and I wanted to bring it up because it's fresh news. I would and absolutely do that. If I got arguments with people. So and had and even gave Detroit the thought. I yep. sign him. Absolutely. I'd get him on the phone, ask him what his what, what he thinks, what he's doing, where he wants to go. What? Then you've got your Raymond, your Bergeron, your Zadina, your Fabry, your young guys. Not, Fabry maybe not necessarily included there, but your young core, whoever you draft this season, now looking at a guy like him and a guy like Dylan Larkin that are going to work their asses off and play really good fucking hockey. Mm-hmm. Just a um, thought. It might and be something this team needs. I think that what we're saying with the Landis Cog thing, I think him replacing a guy like potentially Tyler Bertuzzi would be something that I think Steve Eisenman would love. It doesn't seem like Tyler Bertuzzi is Steve Eisenman's cup of tea. I I don't know. I, I'm just trying to figure out with Bertuzzi where the injury is going to take him. I have no problem with keeping Tyler Bertuzzi, but if you can significantly improve another part of your team i um a neat like a left defense that we barely have any of i would totally do it but that's coming that's coming we're not there yet tyler calm down <laughs> we're gonna talk about ken holland first and his holy grail move of trading for duncan keith and then trying to make it sound like duncan keith is chris chelios which is like the best thing ever 
I read that quote. He's like, this reminds me a lot of getting Chelios in 1999. I'm like, are you on drugs? Like, and then, and then he did a press, like a press conference on Periscope where they left the comments on. And that was hilarious. And he just looked like he hadn't slept in eight days. And I wanted, I wanted to see what, what he was talking about because I watched stuff of Duncan Keith and he's just constantly getting owned because he's old and slow and that's not his fault. He's just not awful. He's well, also playing what 23, 24 minutes a game, which he won't play that in Edmonton. And Edmonton yeah. gave up a third round pick in Caleb Jones for it's a the third round pick has some conditions on it to become a second, but it's not going to happen because that <laughs> no, would mean Edmonton would have to win playoff games. <laughs> let's talk about that for a minute because it's a, ter- a perfect Ken Holland trade. Let's talk about those conditions. Go ahead, Ryan. Hmm. Uh, let's just put it this way: if uh, the Edmonton Oilers make it to the third round of the playoffs. I don't have it pulled up. I'm going off the top of my head because it was that good. I actually remembered it. Is it what? The third round of the playoffs? Yeah. And he is in the top four time on ice for Edmonton. <laughs> then that third round pick becomes a, wait for it. Second, right? Second yeah. round pick. So you know he'll be top huh. four in ice time, but they're not going to make it to the third round of the playoffs. That's no, just not going to happen. No, but the fact that it could become a second round pick is absolutely incredible. Yeah. <laughs> And the other part of it is that Duncan Keith has a no-move clause, so they have to protect him in the Seattle expansion. (laughs) Yeah, because with the new CBA, he had to waive it to get traded. However, with how they change things... Once he gets there, it reinstates itself. Yes, it stays with the He can't waive it again? He can, but he said that... They'd have to ask him again to do it, but that's not going to happen because that's where he wants to be. He wants to be in Edmonton. Or, well... The West Coast, but Edmonton, I think, from what I understand. The story really that I weird. saw was that he had only seen his son like one time in five months. No. So he wanted to be closer to his son, and Edmonton was his the, his number one location that he wanted to go to, from what I read. But looking at Duncan Keith's comparables, um, not good. Uh, 80% similarity score to a 35 to 37-year-old Derek Englund. Hey, or a that's... 32 to 34 year old <laughs> Rob Scuderi. So I just, I, and I get it. Caleb Jones, not great. Third round pick. That's a, I, I, it's top half of the draft. Why would you do that? Especially to he's help a moron. and no salary retention. <laughs> so you helped Chicago. You gave them a third round pick that could become a second round by some miracle on ice. But you you gave them a, a top half of the draft pick plus a roster player for a way over the hill Duncan Keith, and you didn't make them retain any salary, so you helped them reduce their cap. Well, I will say one thing about this deal. Yeah, Ken Holland's getting hammered for um doing Ken for Holland making thing. stupid deals and stuff. But I mean, at least he's doing something. I mean, Ken or um, Duncan Keith is better than half of the defensemen the Edmonton Oilers have. I mean, their defense core is abysmal to say the least. And they say, they're still saying Oscar Kleffbaum's not going to be back next year. Yep. So, I mean, that's the one thing I would say, uh, at so least he's doing something. But, I mean, then you look at the contract that he just gave Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I mean, come on, man. What is he doing? What is he thinking? The the Hopkins contract, with the term and where he's at, I mean, that one's not absolutely awful. But it's the classic, I'm going to give you a long-term deal from Ken Holland. Yeah, I just, and with the no-move clause thing was the other, just the icing on the cake for it when I saw that. And I'm like, oh, my God, you've got to be kidding me. So now they've got to expose someone else that they wouldn't have had to before to keep an overage Duncan Keith. I don't know. If I were the Oilers, I would have fired him yesterday. I would have fired him. Ken Holland, I would have fired him (laughs) yesterday. Here's the one thing that aggravates me, because I love Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I think they're fantastic talents. But the problem with their situation is, is it's almost like they're the Maple Leafs. They're built. They have a lot, they have a couple stars, and then they have some good filler players. But they're built so top heavy that they can't balance their roster out. And I mean that is on Chiarelli 
for signing, I, I'm not saying that the McDavid contract didn't get done. That had to get done. But the dry side one, I mean, that one, did that have to get done when it got done? Did they have to sign Miko Koskinen to that ridiculous contract? Did they have to sign Oscar Kleppbaum? Did they have to trade Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, who has not been great for them? I mean, there, there's a lot of second guessing there that goes not just back to Ken Holland, but back to Chiarelli. And, I mean, they're just wasting away Connor McDavid at this point, and it sucks to see as a hockey fan. Not not saying I want to see McDavid in New York or see him in L.A., but, I mean, wouldn't you want to see a team like Edmonton succeed and, and see that team become what they were, you know, back in the 80s or whatever? I mean, not saying that they're going to win four cups in a row or, or anything like that, or what was it, three and four years or whatever it was, <clears throat> but... I mean, just to see that organization put a team around him, and they just can't do it. It's like Mike Trout and the Angels. They they just can't do it. They they're so inept. They can't do it. It's it's maddening to watch as a hockey fan. It's the fault of their management. And I guess all I have to yeah. say to finish this out is, I'm glad it's not us anymore. I mean, that's the the bottom <laughs> line to that. Is just like I'm so glad it's not us anymore. And people keep asking, like, "Why are you talking about Holland? He's not here anymore. It's an obsession." I'm like, "No, it's because it's news of the day, and he just keeps doing stupid shit." So, yeah, is it really? An, um, is, quick, is it an obsession? Quickly, everyone's giving him the same shit. No, not. I it, I just think it's funny, and then it goes just goes back to the which is glad it's not us anymore. Speaking of Ken Holland, you see the um the news that came out of Minnesota today. <laughs> well, are you talking about the Suter and Parise buyout? You yeah. keep skipping me on stuff, Tyler. I have an order I'm trying not... to go with. <laughs> okay, okay, you can cut that out. I just I wasn't sure if you were bringing that up now because I, no. we're already talking. <laughs> no, it's when you were out, when you were motherfucking your headphones. I have a segue uh, in my it's, head, it's... <laughs> and the segue in my head is. Speaking of uh, stupid shit, did you guys see Pierre Maguire got a job with Ottawa? <laughs> we should have should have started that one right out the gate because what the <laughs> hell the the p p squared up there now with uh, Dorian and Maguire. no, it's cubed. It's cubed. Who's the third? Their one? goalie coach's name is Pierre. Pierre oh, Gruel. So it's like our us going with all bald coaches. So they've got the highest Pierre per sixty in the league, I believe. But per capita, why you would give a thing to celebrate, and he didn't just get any random job, he's the senior vice president of player development. And then he went on to give some great quotes. Did you see the Pierre quotes? I did, I did not. I, I, the one I read, I feel like it could have been way worse. And I think that just too many people that are really all about their analytics, which I completely am fine with. They got way too butthurt, and it was kind of funny to watch. No, it's not I... just that it's about analytics. His exact quote was, it's not that I hate analytics, but I believe in scouting. I believe that there has to be people that are boots on the ground, hardcore hockey people that can actually evaluate a player without utilizing numbers, and the player passes the eye test. I still don't know if there's an analytic equation for heart for character, for hard work, for fearlessness, for determination. At this point. So that's part of the formula that hardcore boots on the ground scouting has to be. I don't hate analytics. I think it's a tool that can be utilized in any kind of evaluation, but I'm a big believer in boots on the ground scouting, which means that they are not going to use any analytics and they're just going to go by the eye test. Do you think he knows how to use email? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I the one thing I'll say about Pierre Maguire, I know a lot of people don't like him from TV, and you know he did definitely get annoying at times. He and, says and a lot of really dumb shit. But but in terms of like listening, like he yes he's annoying on TV, and but yes he does know hockey, and yes he says some boneheaded things. But at the end of the day, he is a smart hockey mind who ha has coached previously. And it has, according to him on, uh, what was it, Spitting Chicklets earlier in the year, he basically said that he's been getting job offers as general managers, as assistant general manager, yeah, I laugh player at that. personnel stuff for years and years. I mean, sure. people must see that he's a bright hockey mind. I mean, sure. I was offered several jobs as lead marketers for major companies, I, and I just turned them all down because I love my current job so much. I'd rather see him as a general manager than Kyle Dubas. That guy's a bum. Really? Oh, wow. That Shots guy's fired. a clown. 
that, and and I'd rather have him than Ken Holland. Ken McGuire? I, I, yeah. That, that's sure. a hell of a toss-up. Pierre, are you using a Tyler filter on a microphone? Is that you? Because that's an insane take, sir. Why? Why is it an insane take? I mean, I would, Ken Holland... I would not have, if we were talking about 10 years ago, I would not have been mad as with Pierre Maguire on a bench or in, in a front office of some sort. Now, my opinion has completely changed and get the hell away from me. I, I, I Hey, you know what? At least we don't have to hear him on TV. Well, yeah, that's the <laughs> Well, that's the, the all saving now, grace. Now we still have Joe Buck, so we were, it's wash. Well, you know what? That's There's not much we can do about that. I don't understand how a guy can can go throughout a whole baseball season, do maybe one or couple couple Saturday games, and then he gets the All-Star game in the, the playoffs in the World Series. It's just mind-numbing to me. But anyways, we're not doing a baseball show. We're doing a hockey show. And Pierre which McGuire is funny, to me... Which is funny, Tyler, because you're the one that constantly brings up baseball. <laughs> Well, he said he mentioned he mentioned Joe Buck and it is baseball season. But the one thing I will say about Pierre, to close it off, or I don't know, you guys can continue yeah, to go on, but but pretty much the one thing I will say about Pierre is, no, is he as smart as Ken Holland? I have no idea. He hasn't done it in a long time. I don't think he's ever been in the management part of hockey, other than a coach and an assistant coach under Scotty Bowman. I think with the penguins or whatever it was but i mean at the end of the day he's uh, he's been in the game a long time he has a lot of contacts he knows people left right and center so i mean why not give him an opportunity to be a player personnel guy and eventually maybe a general manager maybe that's what he's going for at this point i don't blame him for trying to work his way up and instead of just taking a general manager job he's taking a a player personnel thing to see what he can do with it and go from there i mean i don't know i i don't love the guy either but i mean he's definitely a smart hockey mind and he's definitely got all kinds of contacts so I don't know. I just thought it was the most Ottawa thing that could have happened. And that's like, what it was started, definitely Ottawa that started off the news. And then everyone won up, tried to just one up that news. I believe like yeah, Pecorine retired and we haven't even talked about that. Yeah, it, I, it started with the Pierre signing. Right. And then it went to Ken Holland doing Ken Holland. Yep. And then it went to Pecorine retiring after what? 17 seasons. Yeah. And that, that's sad. But that's then it, it, it's, it is because I, of all the guys other than like Hen- Henrik Lundqvist, like of, opposing teams that the wings played for years of a guy that that deserved to win a cup pecorino was at the top of the list yep oh i agree but then it went even crazier today and we'll cover this real quick before getting into the tyler bertuzzi stuff but tyler segue go the minnesota wild (laughs) bought out ryan Suter and zach parise at the same time both of them (laughs) Which will save them $10 million in cap next season, but then put them in absolute cap hell overages of like $15 million for like the final four years or whatever. But uh, they're going to be paying on each of them for eight more years. The first four, so this next season's not awful. I'm trying to actually... No, it saves them $10 million. Yeah, but seasons two, three, and four. Oh, oh boy. What were you thinking there, Bill? Billy is Bill Bill Guerin okay? Has anyone actually done it like a, a, a courtesy check? I don't. Th- if we pull off his mask, Sounds might it weird. be Ken Holland? Like Scooby Doo, the shit, just pull his mask off and like it was Ken Holland the whole time. It sounds like too that the phone calls that he made to Suter and Paris eight. Uh, it's uh, from what I read, Suter hung up on him. Oh, I would have too because Suter had a quote saying like he thought he was going to finish his career in Minnesota. Uh huh. And well, now he's going to finish his career in Detroit now, isn't he? No, God, no. Please, no. He's you what? wouldn't take him? How old is Ryan Suter right now? Is he 32? 35? No, I would not. On a short deal? You nope. would rather have him than Mark Stahl? I would. I would maybe sign Ryan Suter for a one-year deal to flip him at the deadline. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're not... Yeah, you're not I'm not saying I'm not you're signing him to sure. what he... What they almost signed him for, you know, back in 2012. Tyler, he's 36 he's, years old. Yeah, he'll be 37 in January. You're not, to me, you're not signing him more than one year. If you do two, it's to be nice. But you're doing one-year deal. You do the flop, the flip at the trade deadline, and you pray that he gets you a hell of a haul. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I mean, 
with this whole with this whole situation, you have to get creative. And I mean, this is part of being creative, getting guys that you that were, have been bought out and getting them on veteran minimum contracts or, or somewhere around there and trading them at the deadline. I mean, why how not? Feel, how do you feel as Ken Holland right now, knowing that you just gave up <laughs> a third round pick and Caleb Jones to get five million dollars of Duncan Keith for two and then Suter gets bought out (laughs) and then you could instead of having to give up anything now you see Ryan Suter become available and you could have signed him for probably much less yeah three million way less that he's going to come to your team potentially on a a steal of a deal because they've got a chance to go make it far in in the playoffs potentially but now, no, you have Duncan Keith at five and a half. He could still dollars. do it. He could go get Zach Prize and Ryan Suter right now. He could get both. Oh well, not right now, but he could get both of them. And He's that would be, be the most Ken Holland thing ever. At four years apiece. Yep. Yep. For the rest of their careers. And they'll just oh, waste away in Edmonton with Connor McDavid. I could see I could see Zach Prize retiring. Really? Yeah, he'll go somewhere. He's got, he, he can How many? Oh, that's home for him, though. I don't know. Is he gonna want to play any? I don't know. I know. I know that one of the reasons why he they he he signed there was because JP, his dad that won an Olympic gold at the United States, was um was there and he was sick. And then you know we learned a couple years later did pass away unfortunately. So I I don't know if maybe that was the one reason that he was staying in the Minnesota area. I know he's from there, but um I don't know if he's gonna have an appetite or. Honestly, is he going to have any suit? He's not the same guy. Yeah, he still has a lot of heart and he's pretty physical and all that. But I mean, this season he was not great. He had 18 points in 45 games, but last season he had 46 points in 69 games. And the season before he had 61 points in 74 games. So, I mean, he again, he is also, he's also 36 years. He just turned 30 or no, he will be turning 37 in July and the end of this month. But is he really? Yeah, he's 36. His birthday is July 28th. But I, I could, I don't think he wants to hang it up just yet. I mean, he could, but I don't think either of them want to. How many more years did they have left? Uh, they were 13 year, 98 million dollar deals. They each had four years left, so they would have each, it would have taken each of them to 40, which Mm. is fucking awful. Why you would ever do that? I and mean, it was well, only it was only to steal them away from Detroit. Which good, take them. Yeah, in hindsight, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I tweet I tweeted today. I'm like, in hindsight, I'm glad that they didn't make those deals because yeah, maybe you would have gotten one more Stanley Cup out of it. 2013. The, yeah, 2013 uh, Chicago probably would have had the chance they get to beat Chicago them. and they win the cup. One of the um one of the years against San Jose, maybe they had a shot. If they had Parise or Suter, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's like they they didn't make those deals. The rebuild is on the upswing already. Mm-hmm. If you make those deals, I mean, maybe you set your rebuild at the least three years back, maybe even five. I mean, no yeah, thanks. I'm good to the end of his contract. So that tells you that yeah, Zetterberg right too probably. Yeah, well, you know, and and maybe Ken Holland's still here. You know, and that's that's another thing. But yeah, but that was uh one of the other interesting things. And again, it's another this week. Uh, glad it's not us. But yeah. that's going to take us to the Red Wings news of the week, where there have been several, and they're not even really they're not rumors because it's been legitimate sources talking about it. So Tyler Bertuzzi is apparently much sought after. Apparently, a wanted man is the best way to put it. Yeah, apparently Toronto would have gone after him before the trade deadline last season if he had not been injured. So you got Toronto on the board. You had it come out yesterday or today, I think, that Vancouver's on the board. And then Ryan made me aware that yesterday, LA is apparently also in play. Oh, it's it doesn't, it doesn't end there. You got LA, Philly, Vancouver, St. Louis, and Edmonton are all been Minnesota. I heard as well. Jeez, every team in the league wants Tyler Bertuzzi. And I asked, I again, stupidly apparently on Twitter, posed the question of what would you... Facebook creep, uh, creeping in. Well, it is, I because I also put out the question on Facebook and everyone flipped the fuck out. Uh, 
where they said, no, I would never trade Bertuzzi. He's the heart of this team and you won't get any player better than him. I'm like, that's a long shot for on any other team. What would be a middle I mean, six like guy team to play more than eight to 10 games a season. Sure. But again, on any other team, most other teams, he's probably, he's a mid six guy on most other teams. And yeah, but that's if, the type of guy you want. Sure. But if you don't think that's replaceable, I have yeah, a questions cool. for you. It's a bit of a problem. But I think if you could improve, and what I would ask for from most teams would be a, and and I kind of went back and forth with Tony about it, um, for what the ask for Toronto would be, and my ask would be either a high a first round pick and a good prospect, or a great prospect and a second round pick. And I don't think that's too far fetched. Your Tyler Bertuzzi was a second round pick. I think if a team is willing to give you their first and a good prospect, I would absolutely take it. I think if they were to give you a first round, if they would give you a Thomas Tatar deal, I would take it a first, second, and third. I mean, there's options, and I think all of them could help improve the team. And I think Tyler Bertuzzi, while he does have the grit and everything, is a replaceable level player at the end of the day. I mean, I, again, pulled up his player comparables. He has a 92.4% comparable score to the to Ricard Raquel. Um, also a 90% comparable score to Ryan Dezingle. And third was a 90% uh, comparable to Pav- Pavel Buchnevich. So and Ryan Dezingle's been on, what, four teams now? Yeah, this is a uh, comparable to a 23 to 25-year-old Ryan Dezingle from the 15 to 18 seasons. Senators. Yeah. So uh, Pavel Butchnevich, the comparable to Pavel Butchnevich was his 22 to 24 year old range from the 2017 to 20 seasons. So the other comparables, Connor Sheary, Anthony Bolivier, uh, Jamie McGinn, Bobby Ryan, uh, Brian Little, Kyle Ocposo, Tyler Bozak. Um, so those are, I mean, again, I think he is, uh, he can be replaced. Is it going to be easy? No. He's the kind of player you hope to get in the second mid to late second round and then just have them overperform. And I think we talked about that before. You you want to get your guys in the draft in the second round and have them perform like first round draft picks. Tyler Bertuzzi performs like a late first round draft pick, which is why I think you could get a first round draft pick for him plus more. Ideally. Yep. And because he's still a arb-eligible restricted free agent, which means you to own him and get to make a deal with him. Yeah, I. to me, it, it, that one's tough. But if your return is going to net you NHL-ready players and a top draft pick, pull the trigger. Because guess what? You make a trade like this, and then, hey, you go and sign uh, Gabe Laniscog, Who's Tyler Bertuzzi? Yep. So yep. if you keep Bertuzzi, which I don't necessarily think that maybe he is in this, but I also we also thought the same thing going into the Mantha trade. We thought that Mantha Bertuzzi Larkin was his core based off how he spoke, and no. then Mantha went bye bye. Yeah. So all my thing is any I think anyone on this team is available. I don't care if your name besides the one Iserman has named basically. Maybe. There's, I, I'm looking through at, at Octopus Thrower. They have a neat little article on this, but you think about it. Like, look back at Eisenman's history. He's traded away. He's traded away, and bought out two captains. Now, sure. Granted, one wanted to leave Tampa, and the other one was just a Old. detriment to the team. <laughs> but he's willing to do what he has to do to make his team better. And if he's trading away Tyler Bertuzzi, it's to make this team better. Exactly. He's not doing it just because he, he's getting frisky and wants to do something crazy. It, it's not going to be a trade for a 38-year-old defenseman that is past his prime and not a shell of what he once was just to fill a hole in the back end. If he's going to be doing that, he's going to be getting a first or a second round pick as well in return for like a third round pick maybe because a team is trying to dump their cap. So what happens here with Bertuzzi? Will it suck if he gets traded? Yeah. Because we know that this team isn't ready to From be a, a feeling standpoint, it would yeah, suck. Yeah, exactly. It, it'll suck from a feeling standpoint. But on the surface, again, and we've, kind of, we've talked about this a couple different times in the last few episodes, this roster 
is going to be brand new this season, no matter which way you want to look at it. There's nine guys on our contract. We're going to lose another one to the expansion draft. Half of this team, when they hit the ice in October, is going to be brand new, most likely. That is the most likely course of action because they're guys that Eiserman wanted, not guys that he had to inherit from Ken Holland. The pattern is already there. He did. It, he started it last season. He's now officially in full-on Iser plan mode 2.0 this season. So if Bertuzzi leaving is a part of that process, then it is what it is. Am I going to be a fan of it? Probably not. But if it makes the team better, especially in the next two to three years, if not, if if that, then you do it. Especially if you bring in a guy like Landis Cog. Is that going to happen? I, I highly doubt it. But yeah, it's like it's, a 0.001% chance of happening. But it's fun to think about. Exactly. Because he's better than Bertuzzi. Uh, yeah, that's, so. I mean, that, that's not really a question. I think um, if you can get a lot for Bertuzzi, you pull the trigger. If it's something to do with the contract that you don't want to give him, um, you know, he he's looking for the long-term deal and Eisenman wants to give him the bridge. And, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a... Uh, I guess you're not seeing eye to eye kind of what we seen last year with the whole arbitration situation. I wonder if that could play into it. Um, but honestly, at the end of the day, to me, if they can make that move and they can get, you know, an Arthur Kalia from the uh, LA Kings, if they can get, uh, you know, one of their top defense prospects, uh, because I mean, to me, it's more about just trying to get as many assets as possible still, to either go out and make that big trade to get someone that you really want, or is this something where you trade Tyler Bertuzzi to, I mean, Columbus isn't really in it, so they're not really a part of it, but I mean, could you get a defense prospect from someone? Could you get some draft picks? I personally don't want the draft pick route. I've had enough of the draft pick route. I think it's time to start getting some real players in here and, not expediting the rebuild, but at least starting to take, you know, make a shape of your team and, and seeing what you have going forward and kind of starting to mix and match the lineups and all that fun stuff, which, you know, will be a fun day for us here because, you know, we've talked about such a bad organization for, you know, don't look now, but it's been what, almost five years now, six years now. So, um, you know, it will be the light at the end of the tunnel when talking about this team. But right now, I mean, you got to maximize your window to try and make the make the moves that make you better now and later. And I think if you can do that with Bertuzzi, you get rid of him. I mean, it, why is everyone so, oh, no, you can't trade Bertuzzi. Oh, no. This isn't Dylan Larkin. You know, and by the way, the, this might be an unpopular opinion. If someone gives you a haul for Dylan Larkin, you think Steve Eisman says no? Oh, no. Three first round picks for Dylan Larkin. He says no. I don't know, man. I mean, does that set the rebuild back? Sure, but I mean, it, I guess it just depends. No one's really untradeable when you think about it, especially if someone just comes to you and wows you, and, and you know gives you something that you're, you can't resist. So I mean, to me, it's just you. You got to maximize your your window and your opportunity of of making a move. And if Bertuzzi someone wows you for Bertuzzi or someone gives you something you really like, kind of like the Mantha deal, you do it. No, I, I totally agree. I, I don't think you can have anyone on a team off limits at this point. No. No, if, it's if not like are, we're... It, it, well, the last, the last word was that the only off-limits players were... The only non-starters were Dylan Larkin and recent first-round picks, which I took that as... Uh, Lucas Raven, Philip Zadina, and Moritz Sider. Big Mo. Yeah, I and, think that's appropriate. And then I would also at this point add Verana in there because I don't think Verana is going anywhere. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, at so this either. point, you think, I mean, we say that you talk, you take the offers and listen to the offers for Larkin, but then you take those and laugh at them. Yeah, sure. Because you're, I mean, my ask, and people tell me I'm crazy for it, my ask for Dylan Larkin starts at two first round picks. You're going to be two first round picks and then probably more. And, and that will make other teams probably say no. And that's what I'm looking for because that's the price. That's why he's untradeable. Just think about what he's going to do on a team that 
with like great a Colorado, players. A Colorado, for instance. Yeah. Well, there are people that say Dylan Larkin is a third a third line player on other teams. Those, I'm like, are you those kidding people me? People are stupid. I'm like, other good. If you put good players next to Dylan Larkin, he is going to make those players better, and he yeah. is himself is going to be better because you're surrounding him with talent. That's what I'm saying. If you put him in like a on a first line in on like Washington, or you put him on a first line in Boston, or you put him on a first line and you surround him with legitimate top line talent, they're going to thrive. That's the thing. Larkin's a playmaker. He's going to give them more opportunities to score. Yeah. I just The one thing I do subscribe to, though, with Dylan Larkin, and I love Dylan Larkin, you know, obviously my favorite player on the team, and I think that's pretty much across the board here on the podcast. I don't want to speak for you guys, but I think when the team is ready to win, I think it's going to be a Stamco situation where he's he's gotten to the point where he's still a really good player, but he's not the player that he was when he came into the league. I think he's going to be more of a secondary guy, uh, more of a second-line center. Maybe you mm-hmm. get uh, not Braden Point specifically, but your Braden Point, your Nikita Kucherov, your um, – Sergachev, you're um maybe Victor Hedman is your Moritz Sider. I mean, at the when when it comes to that point where this is a playoff team or maybe even a Stanley Cup contender, is Dylan Larkin your number one guy? I don't think so. I really don't think so. Is he your guy that stirs the drink? Sure, but he's I don't think that he's your Nikita Kucherov or he's your Braden Point or he's your I don't well, know. no, I Larkin's guess... not a goal. His goal scoring is a thing he can do. It's not his thing. The thing. Yeah, it's he's more of thing. like a Patrice Bergeron kind of player, exactly. I guess is what I'm trying to, to say. Havoc and then throw it across the ice for a guy that's open in the slot. Which I think is why Larkin and Verona could be absolutely deadly next season. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you give sure. Verano's top line minutes with a fully healthy Dylan Larkin, and I think and you put Zadina in there, so you have two high threat scoring chances with a amazing playmaker and a guy who has become like Larkin has become better defensively. And that's what Eiserman told him to work on. And that's where you see that top line start to come together. And then you fill in down there, but it's again, I, I, the last word was the only non-starters were Larkin and recent first round picks. And I, I don't fault Eiserman for that at all. And that's also Eiserman saying guys like Philip Hronick are up for trade. Guys, uh, you could get, I mean, for all we know, someone like Dennis Chalowski could be exposed in the expansion draft. Um, I I love Michael Rasmussen. I'm sure other teams now have seen what Michael Rasmussen could do. They could trade Michael Rasmussen. All this stuff could happen. And that's why this offseason is going to be incredibly interesting because Based on the past three days, I mean, like we said, tomorrow a team could relocate somewhere. The NHL could expand to Serbia. There could be anything, the most random thing you could think of could happen tomorrow. I keep hearing some people saying that that there's there's going to be a lot of smoke, but there's not going to be a lot of fire. And I just don't believe that. There's just too many variables here. The whole COVID situation, the whole buildings opening back up, but then you have teams that don't have a lot of money to spend. They have to, you know, the flat cap and everything like expansion that. Expansion draft. They're, they're, the expansion mm-hmm. draft, the actual draft coming up here. I mean, there's just so many different variables to this offseason where in a normal offseason, I'd say, yeah, you know, Seth Jones could get moved, but I really don't see Eichel being moved. I could see all of them being moved. I could see Bertuzzi being moved. I could see Eichel being moved. I could see um, Jones being moved. I could see more guys being moved than just that. I mean, I really do think this is going to be really, really hectic and even even going up to the draft like everyone's like oh well if jones is going to get traded it's going to be at the draft why can't it be before that yeah i think jones will be traded because he does not want to go back to columbus i think that eichel the most recent news is that the price is probably starting to come down on jack eichel because no one wants to pay the insane costs and buffalo doesn't want to deal with a disgruntled jack eichel yeah and apparently they will not show the medicals to anyone unless they're completely serious about trading for him Mm -hmm. i hear morons here in boston saying they wouldn't trade david pasternak for jack eichel if buffalo would do it i heard that on the radio i wouldn't wouldn't trade pasta for eichel i wouldn't either 
No, I absolutely would. not. I would nope. absolutely. Nope. He's a winger. He's a one-dimensional winger, just like Phil Kessel, just like Nikita Kucherov. Yeah, good player, but he's not the guy that he good. just sits in the wings of, of Brad Marchand and Bergeron. That's what you I need would a take, to Eichel. Do. Yes, but you... You sound like a Boston I take, fan right now. I, no, 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 no. I take a center all day long. I don't care. You can yeah. you can grab a winger any day of the week that can shoot a one-timer from, from the slot. I'm, I'm not saying that that's, you, can, you can get them anywhere, but you can draft and develop one of those guys. You, you can draft and develop a nearly 50-goal no. scorer. When you're one of your... One of the, when a player on your team... I think Poster Ma- is Knox one of the most overrated players in the league. When you're pl- a player on your team is a spokesman for the NHL brand of coffee, I think they're kind of better than good. Tyler, okay, you okay, do realize s- in 2019-20 he had 95 points in 70 games, right? With Bergeron and Marchand. He had 48 goals. Bergeron so- and Marchand didn't score those goals. Who's passing him the puck? That's fine. He still has to put the puck in the net. I'm just saying he's a very one-dimensional player. Tyler, if that dimension is scoring a fuck ton of points, I'll take that dimension. Guess what? More goals means more wins. Exactly. Put put Pasternak on the Buffalo Sabres. Okay. And what does he do? Pull a Taylor Hall. Exactly. He'll do what Taylor Hall did in Boston. Well, that's fair. I I personally (laughs) think you put Pasternak on that team, that Buffalo team. First of all, he's pissed because he's on that team. And second well, of all... Any player's well, pissed yeah. that they're on that team. Second of all, he has no one to pass him the puck. Sam Reinhardt's getting him the puck? Like so Bergeron? Guess what? I don't he's know, gonna, man. His points are going to drop. That's what happens. But they're not going to go down to zero. He, I mean, he, Buffalo fooled I'm not saying he us. sucks. We can, we can say that Buffalo fooled us all last season, thinking that they were actually going to take a step forward and be a contending team, and then they pulled the Buffalo. <laughs> but to... To say that Pasternak's only good and not one of the better players in the NHL, I, I can't agree with that. David Pasternak. I just don't think it. I, put, put him on a different line and we'll see what happens. But I just don't I don't see it. It doesn't matter what line he's on. He's on a great team and he's doing great things. On the power play, a lot of his points come. <laughs> They're still points, though. In the end of the day, there's still points, and they're still right, helping the team as win. As much as you do, but goddamn, dude. <laughs> yeah, I I also hate I uh, also hate I'm Boston. Going, I'm going to the hockey reference now because now I need to see what <laughs> David Pasternak has done the last couple of seasons to include this one. And oh, fun fact: How old is he? He's 25. only 25 years old. Yeah, he is one year older than Jack Eichel. He had 48 points in 40. I take the this center. Year. He had I take the center over the winger every day of the week. Year. He had 81 and 66 the year before that. He had 80 and 82. So, all right, no. David Pasternak. Here you go. David Pasternak's possession metrics. His Corsi for the past uh, six <sighs> seasons: 62.9, 61.6, 61.8, 61.2, 66. 66 last season. That's. Uh, I'm just saying. I take the center over the winger every day of the week. Not if that center has uh, a, a ego center problems piece, and a broken neck. I mean, that's a fair point. Yeah, the 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 neck part is a fair point. The ego, I don't think, is a thing at all. I think he I basically think just like said in a previous player. interview that he wants to go to Boston. Why would you say that when you were? That's fine. You, one, I believe that's close to tampering. Because you are under contract? Uh, not if you're under. No, I think it's only if you're a free agent or going into free agency. I don't know. Yeah, he can go way. where. I, I, he I, can I, say I, he, he wants. I mean, there's there's been plenty of times where someone's like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I would love to play in New York. I'd love to play in L.A. I'd love to play in. Uh, I mean, what did what did Bobrovsky and um, and Panarin say when they were free agents? Uh, no, this was when they were under contract with the blue jackets they said they wanted to play in a place with russian speaking athletes they said new york they said miami i mean that's not tampering i don't know all i know is that i don't not in a million years i'm not trading pasternak for eichel if you no no not at all i'm not giving up that that off extreme offensive threat and jack eichel's possession metrics are worse than pasternak's his point totals are worse than pasternak's it's I mean, it's sure he's Jack Eichel and he's just going to get it off. Uh, he's really good and he's going to get it off name recognition 
and he is a year younger, but I'm not doing that. No way. Not in a million years. Because guess what? A team like the Detroit Red Wings, as much as they need center help, they need to score goals. And guess who would score goals? David Pasternak. Gabe, you're Yeah, score. I mean, the Wings do need help scoring goal. I'm just, I'm just saying I take – in the argument, remember everyone was arguing Crosby versus Ovechkin. It's always Crosby. It's always the center. Always. I mean, he, yeah, he nine defense. nine times out of ten, everyone's like, "Oh, it's Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves." No, it's Jonathan Taves. It's not Patrick Kane. Give me a break. Based off over, if you're going as a complete player, then yes, I'll agree, yes. Sidney Crosby. That's if you're what going I for subscribe offensive, to offensive talent. I'm gonna say Ovechkin because I'm gonna put now. Yes. You could take it either way. The playmaking ability of Sidney Crosby, he's a generational talent. He is one of he is still one of the best players in all of hockey, especially offensively. But give me Alex Ovechkin's goal scoring all day. Yep. Yeah, I mean Because you can, it's harder you can find playmakers left and right. You can find guys that can hit a seam, that can make a saucer pass across the crease to a guy that's sitting back door. But guess what? It's a lot harder to find a guy that nine times out of ten is going to snipe that top left corner over the goalie's shoulder as he's trying to squeeze in tight on the post. Look, I'm not I'm not saying that, that I don't think Pasternak or Ovechkin are good players. They are good players. Ovechkin's obviously one of the best players ever, one of the best goal scorers ever. Pasternak's an elite goal scorer. What, what happens if he goes to a team like Buffalo or a team – I don't know. I mean, I'm not off. saying they're they're well, even trading him. We know, and, and he's I'm not even, well. He's not even going to fall off that much because, given his possession metrics, he's still going to have the puck. Mm-hmm. So, if he has the puck, he has shown he can put it in. And I think that is enough talking about Boston. <laughs> and we are over on time, so I want to get your guys' final thoughts before we sign off because I didn't expect Tyler to make us angry, but he he achieved that tonight. I found so, a way to do it. Tyler, final thoughts. My final thoughts are this offseason is going to be very active. Um, keep keep your Twitter notifications on because, I mean, anything could something could happen 10 minutes after we get off for all we know here. So um, just keep keep looking at everything. And I, I'm telling you right now, it's going to get busy here over the next couple of weeks, more than it's already been. So I'm um, looking forward to everything coming up here. You can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. Ryan. So to piggyback off that, the next big date to watch is July 17th because that is the deadline for teams to submit their protected list for the expansion draft. That is in four days. So we have four days of what is Steve Eiserman going to do. But no, it's it's a lot of fun. And just for reference, uh, Taylor Hall on a shitty Buffalo team had a 58-7 Corsi 4. So (laughs) Pasternak would still do just that. Anyways, at least, uh, yeah, but no, it's, I think it's the most interesting off season we've ever had. And I guess you could probably say the same thing about last season, but with what Detroit has to do in terms of building their roster to make it, to actually, you know, feel the team versus who they could potentially offload to still make the team better. I think this is the most unsure the fan base as a whole has been as to what the hell are we going to do and how are we going to get there and it's kind of fun i'm not really sure it is absolutely fucking terrifying yes it's terrifying that's probably a way better thing to say so we have four days till the 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 protected list comes out so that'll be a great episode next and then from the 18th to the 20th is when seattle's window for unprotected pending free agents begins so we are one week out eight days away from the expansion draft where shit's gonna get real very when's the actual draft 23rd 23rd is the first round don't you have your plane tickets yet tyler no no no, no, i'm not coming i'm not coming (sighs) i'm gonna be in portland maine unfortunately so buy me some lobster (laughs) lobster so we're eight days away from chaos i mean chaos has really already begun but not from detroit thank you ken holland so uh but no it's the the off season of intrigue so i'll end on that rd ryan 33 
my final thoughts are I don't know what the fuck is going on and it's weird and I from now on I'm not going to know what the fuck is going on apparently until next season starts. So uh, if it gets any more interesting from here, I might die uh, or lose a lot of work productivity or next episode is going to be crazy, I'm assuming, because we're a week a week out and that's going to be like the, let's see, if we record on Monday, that's the 19th. That is two days before the expansion and uh, four days before the uh, draft. So, yeah, it's going to be a jam-packed week. Or it could be absolutely silent, people waiting. But with what's happened already, I don't think it's going to be. So, those are my final thoughts. You can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. You can find us wherever podcasts are found. Mainly Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, whatever Apple calls it now. Apple Podcasts, sure. It's just podcasts. But yeah, that's where you can find us. You can go to howieshockeytape.com and use promo code GRINDLINE to get 10% off your order. You can use that same promo code on Bring Hockey Back to get 10% off. I have a bunch of new designs in our Redbubble shop. And they are selling. They they're, are fantastic. Because they're fucking awesome. If you go to redbubble.com really and search the GRINDLINE, you will find our shop with our new designs and a bunch of really cool stuff that I have put up. Uh, mainly my newest creation of I traded with Steve Eiserman and all I got was this lousy t-shirt and a fourth round pick. I love that shirt. I am ordering one and I already ordered my one, two, three. Let's I've already got my one, two, three. Let's have fun shirt. So it's been great. Uh, we also like to give a shout out to founders. Who's the official beer of the hockey uh, of the Grindline podcast. And we like to give a shout out to the hockey podcast network at hockey pod net on Twitter who hosts us and spreads us around to a bunch of other listeners that we may not have otherwise gotten. Uh, But that's going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.